Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. Thanks for joining me on Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. This week, in case you missed it last weekend, Actors Circle has begun celebrating their 40th year of local theater. Casey Thomas is the director of the first show of the season, Death Trap, and it's happening again this weekend. Just in case you didn't catch it or might like to see it again, Casey will join us for a preview. We'll also be hearing from Don Webster, Advanced Practice Clinician Director with MedExpress. It's time for a flu shot, and it's important once again this year. Odyssey's Nikki Stone will be joining us. Her guest, Debbie Shirtliff, and they'll be giving us the details on Wyoming County Heart and Soul. We're starting off special edition today by introducing you to Jamel Caliste. He is the first term president and Melissa Rivers, who serves as the third vice president of the NAACP Diamond City NAACP branch 2306. They're here to tell us about the upcoming annual Freedom Fund Banquet Friday at Janetti's in Wilkesbury. Keynote speaker, State Representative Malcolm Kenyatta. He's the vice chair of the Philadelphia House delegation, a member of the governor's task force on suicide prevention, and served as an elector in 2020 as Pennsylvania ratified the election of President Biden. Both Jamel and Melissa will tell us how they got involved with NAACP and give you their invitation to Friday night's banquet. I got involved with the NAACP at Bloomsburg University in uh, 2015. Uh, it was a small group of us on campus that were just kind of interested in just bringing a different type of organization to the community, I guess you could say. We just picked up the NAACP. I, I stayed committed. Um, I was with a group of seniors, so I was tasked with the goal of trying to make sure that we get chartered and um, nationally recognized. And I was able to put together a small group after those seniors graduated, and we were able to see our charter be recognized in 2018. And then after 2018, I moved up to the um, Pennsylvania State Conference Youth and College Division Executive Committee, where I served as uh, vice president. In that role, uh, Ms. Peggy Felton, who is our Freedom Fund Committee Chair here at the Wilkes-Barre Branch, she, she served as my advisor. I did a lot of different things with the, with the NAACP through the state conference. I was able to represent our state in different electoral boot camps, 
leadership trainings, leadership development um, trainings and conferences that the NAACP was, was having. And um, I just took full advantage. I was just a person who, who saw an opportunity to grow and uh, develop professionally. And I just kept on taking advantage of the opportunities that the organization was providing, which led me to a program called Next Gen. And Next Gen is an NAACP specific program for 21 to 40 year olds interested in joining adult branches like the Wolf Brand AACP. So the Next Gen program is pretty much an intensive two-year program full of, before COVID, um, we had in-person classes, we had seminars, webinars, conference calls. We had the opportunity to be mentored by uh, a member of the NAACP national board. So I threw myself at the opportunity by the grace of God. Um, there was something waiting for me at Wolfsbeer that, that I wasn't expecting, um, but I was prepared. And I think that's, that's what kind of led me taking the opportunities and, and being prepared for whatever and however I could help the branch. And it just so happened that um, I got the support of our executive committee and member suits to be the president. And I, I'm grateful. And um, we're here today. And third vice president, Melissa Rivers. You're an entrepreneur, a businesswoman, a mom, you're busy, and now you're taking on this. Yes, with those, all of that going on, I felt, you know, really blessed that, again, like I said, I really respected the NAACP when I was younger. I admired the movement, what they were doing, what they stood for. I'm originally from Queens, so that was like a melting pot of diversity and things that went on, and I was really proud of an organization like this, and this is ever since I was younger. So once I'm older, I'm blessed, you know, I felt like God had his hands on me with what he was blessing me with. I have a building, no mortgage, I'm a landlord, you know, restaurant owner. I just felt I was so blessed, seriously. And I felt like, how can I give back with something that I genuinely want to do, knowing that I'm blessed with so much? So, I, you know, we had a chapter in the area. I was like, oh, wow, I'm just going to be a member. And, you know, let me make sure I let them know that I'm willing to volunteer as much as I can. I'm willing to offer, you know, my restaurant or anything that I can do to help the organization. And that was just me being a member. And, I, you know, once I got involved, it was just a no-brainer to, you know, kind of move up, do what I got to do and make a difference. What you're bringing to all of this, that's a different perspective than the men have. You mean, what am I bringing as far as a female to the NAACP or just being a businesswoman and I'm in this lane that's usually male-dominated? All of it. You're a woman. You're you're out there. You're Jamel mentioned Mrs. Felton and she has always been instrumental. So now here's you, a younger generation coming up. So what are you Mm -hmm. bringing to all of this? I believe that at the end of the day, we change. We got to go with the time. I do think that there's still a stereotype what men and women can and can't do. I feel like I'm up for the challenge. So I'm here to, you know, really prove that we can and we can and we can be treated equal. And here we go. And what we're, you know, what we're going to do. So, you know, again, it's just like this movement of this new millennium and, and what's going on. And like, I feel like we need that new energy and really ride this wave of what is going on of new leaders. I think that we have more voices than we did, you know, back then, especially women, especially women of color. Like, I think we're tired of a lot of stuff and you're tired of being in the shadows. I'm just a representation of all of that. And you're also encouraging other women to get involved. 
Yeah, that, that's true, though. That is true. Like, some people are honest that they didn't, you know, they're not even familiar with the organization. And, you know, me educating them on it and what it stands for and, you know, what we do, it, it gives people a purpose. Like, people don't understand how rewarding it is to give service and to give your service to something of good. For them to see, yes, I'm blessed as a businesswoman and I still give my time to something like this of a cause is a sense of pride. Definitely opens the door for women to feel like, oh, you know, hey, yeah, we could do this. And now that you do have the banquet coming up on uh, the 15th, Jamel, I'm going to go back to you and tell us a little bit about that banquet. And I understand that you have a keynote speaker on board and it's going to be a great night and opportunity for people to come out and meet both of you. Our annual Freedom Fund Banquet is, is back after a year hiatus. We're definitely excited to show the community what the branch has been working on and what we've been doing. It's passed to be a, a very, like you said, it's going to be a very eventful night. Our keynote speaker is uh, Representative Malcolm Kenyatta, who he currently serves as the vice chair for the Philadelphia delegation. He is uh, the first openly LGBTQ plus person of color and one of the youngest members elected to the Pennsylvania General Assembly. I believe that just he touches so many different parts of our community. I, I believe that the energy of just around the, the speaker has been so positive. Um, so many people have been reaching out and just saying that they are so excited to just hear him speak. I believe it's going to be a good night. Right now, it's projected to have 250 plus of people in attendance. I'm excited. I know the branch is excited and um, we're definitely going to ride the momentum of that banquet into the new year. And we had to have a, a lot of things coming up, a lot of different programs that we're starting. So I'm hoping that the community would just feed off the energy of that night and just continue to support us. I'm glad you used the word community because the NAACP, a lot of people, again, this is what I was talking with Melissa about. It's all Uh it's all changing. So many things Uh have become different now. And the way that the NAACP chapters were thought about years ago are not the same way that they are now because you are inviting the community. You're looking at all of the different diverse groups. Jamel, as the president, give the invitation to the community. Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, I I really, really want the community to know that from the inception of the organization, we have been inclusive. Our founders were a diverse group. The vision was for equality. And I think that if you are a person in the community that can identify what when wrong is wrong and when right is right, the NAACP is always going to be an organization that has a place for you. I'm such a person where, you know, I, I think that a lot of people don't want to look at the facts. Like I said, we've been inclusive. Don't be afraid. We're here. We're open. The NAACP has been, and I'm going to say again, has been an organization that has been inclusive and that has been open. So do not be afraid to ask questions. We're in the age of information. Google, we talk some information if you're a little app, if you're a little apprehensive at first, but please, you know, reach out. I'm easily accessible. The branch is easily accessible, and we're, like I said, we're completely inviting. You can look at me. I'm under 30, president of the branch, the youngest president in the branch history. You can tell that the energy and the shift is changing. The passion remains the same, but the ideals have to change. We have to move with the time. So please come out. Don't be afraid. We're here. Um, We're here for everyone. Melissa, I'm going to go back to you. And again, from your perspective, and I know you have a young daughter, so Mm -hmm. I think it's so important 
to get young people involved in all of these changes? From your perspective, then, you give the invitation, especially to young people just as a whole, might not be so excited about getting involved in things like this. You're a testament, just like Jamel, that we need to have that new energy coming in. What would you tell them? When it comes to the youth, they're so focused on this YouTube, this TikTok, and their bosses, their this, their that. If you are a real leader, this is one of the situations or organizations that you can follow to really be molded into, I would say, a great leader with purpose. So if you really are into that and how the youth are really into this whole TV, internet world of things, and, you know, that's what they chant all the time is that they're entrepreneurs, they're this, they're that. At the end of the day, yes, we we welcome them. Like you said, new energy and age and new millennium of leaders and making sure that the organization is represented correctly to everyone. Yes, we would love them to come out and, you know, join us and, and, and start the beginning of knowing what a leader can be molded into to see greatness. And how do we get tickets to the uh, banquet? You can find us on Facebook or you can reach out to us by email. Uh, our website is coming soon. Our Facebook, you can find us by typing in Wilkes-Barre NAACP and our email WBNAACP2306 at gmail.com. And to piggyback off of Melissa, our vice president was saying, for the youth, I think, especially in this time, as, as I'm serving as president, as we have a, a vice president, Rivers, as we have Mr. Felton still around, um, I currently serve as the advisor for the Pennsylvania State Conference Youth and College Division for the NAACP. I'm somebody who has, has been through the ringer of development. This would be the perfect time for you to get involved on any scale. Melissa alluded to so many different skills have been learned through through the pandemic. So many different people are editing videos. There, We need young people right now. We need that energy. We need to be present in those spaces in this cyber world. We need the help. If you are a person who is the creative in the slightest or you just want to hold a sign, it can be anything. We, we need you. Uh, we meet 12 times a year as a general body, uh, once a month, the second Tuesday of every month. Now, is there anything that I have left out that either one of you want to make sure that our listeners know about the organization, about the banquet, about anything? Membership is always open. Like, I said, like we said, our meetings are, are once a month. We're going to be trying to do more things within the community, trying to partner with different organizations. Just look out for us. We're about to be a very visible, trying to just get our feet on the ground in the community and get our air to, to, to what's actually going on and, and try to just bring about some change within the communities. We definitely need people to know that the chapter's here. We have a Wilkes-Barre chapter. We do encourage you're discriminated against. Yes, absolutely. You put in a complaint. I don't care what color, creed, whatever. Yes, we deal with that. But we also want to know the good. We also want to know, again, what Jamel said, you know, to partner with organizations, businesses, you know, whomever that could help build the community with us. Thanks once again and a pleasure to talk with Jamel Kaliste, who is the first term president of the NAACP Diamond City, NAACP Branch 2306, and Melissa Rivers, who serves as the third vice president of the organization. Again, the annual Freedom Fund Banquet taking place Friday, October 15th at Genetti's in Wilkesbury. 
keynote speaker, State Representative Malcolm Kenyatta. And if you would like more information, of course, you can visit their Facebook page. They're working on their website. And you can also reach them by email, wbnaacp2306 at gmail.com. Now, don't go away. When we come back, we're going to find out about Heart and Soul in Wyoming County on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. Wyoming County, Heart and Soul. It's a two-year journey to gather stories about living, working, and playing in all the towns and municipalities of Wyoming County. That's because they're hoping that as the future continues, they can continue to put people first in community development. Odyssey's Nikki Stone caught up with Debbie Shirtliff. She's on the committee and has the details on how you can get involved. On the phone with me, I do have Debbie Shirtless. How are you doing, Deb? Good morning, Nikki. Good morning. I'm well. Wyoming County Heart and Soul. Now, first, Debbie, tell me, is this something that the area had to apply for? Is this something you were just chosen by this group? There's so many people involved. There's the Pennsylvania Humanities Council, the Department of Community and Economic Development, the PA Route 6 Alliance, and the Pennsylvania Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. Community Heart and Soul is an initiative of the Orton Family Foundation. It is spearheaded in the state of Pennsylvania by the Pennsylvania Humanities Council. And they had put on a webinar. The group of our team of volunteers had listened in on that, decided to band together and apply as the entire county instead of choosing one small town within Wyoming County. That makes sense. The county itself is as big as... Well, is this still smaller than some cities? Absolutely, absolutely. They choose small cities, right? They prefer to keep it under 30,000 residents, so we are right in that um, ballpark. And in our application for this grant, we described the small towns of Wyoming County as similar to the different neighborhoods within a city. And that uniting and finding the common ground of all our small towns um, would benefit the county as a whole. Now, these were just places uh, chosen on Route 6, but does this go off of Route 6 at some point as well? Yes, there are towns all across Pennsylvania who have been involved with the project for a few years now. This year's cohort, they're calling us, um, was also supported by the Pennsylvania Route 6 Alliance. So they chose four areas right along Route 6. It goes from the western part of the state to the east, including Wyoming County, Carbondale, and out in the west, Youngsville and Tidute. So Carbondale is also included in on this? Yes. Oh, cool, cool, because that's something, they're a nice little town as well. They're, they're very quaint, and they have so much to offer. So it is good to see that we're doing things that will um, will inspire the area, I believe. So tell me exactly, what is it that you're doing when you go out? You're, you're talking to people, and why are you talking to people? Uh, this is a four-phase process. 
that goes over two years. And the phase that we were in, we first laid the groundwork to find how to reach the unheard voices in our communities. Um, we then try to connect with those that are not generally involved in community planning and find out what matters most to our residents. So our approach has been to get out um, this summer and early fall and piggyback onto ongoing events. We have a quick one-page questionnaire that basically asks our residents, what do you love most? about Wyoming County, whether you live here, you come to work here, or you come to play here. Okay, so, so it's not just people who are, are living in the county, but if people like to visit downtown Tunkhannock or love going to see the Nicholson Bridge, they're also welcome to take part in the survey. Exactly. So is this going to be something that will encourage more people to visit the areas? So when we move forward from this stage of connecting, right, connecting and finding out Mm -hmm. from our visitors and residents what matters, we come up with focus statements. So we take all this data that we collect and bring that down into those few statements of what actually matters most to the people that we've spoken with. From there, we develop an action plan that action plan gets adopted by Wyoming County as the basis for decision-making, right? And we move forward from there saying, this is what people love about our county. This is what they think could be improved. This is what they want to maintain, but they want to make sure that the next generation gets to know and love about Wyoming County. And from there, that resident-driven data determines the direction that we take as a county. Now, how many surveys have you gotten filled out so far? We have spoken to just over 700 people. And when did this get underway? We started out in very late June. So we've been out there working. Yeah, I was going to say, it's fairly new. I remember I just was driving through Nicholson one day, saw that that, that sign, Nicholson Borough has heart and soul. And I'm like, what is this about? (laughs) I love it. It looks really cool. We were able to connect with all of our municipalities and small boroughs, right? We have 17 municipalities, five small boroughs in our county, and we're able to have all of them jump on board to say whether it's Nicholson Borough, Tunkhannock Borough, or Forkston Township or Knoxon Township, right? They all have heart and soul. Yes, yes, they do. Yeah, and we'll explain more about that and what heart and soul means. Nikki Stone, joined by Debbie Shirtliff on the phone today. We are talking about Wyoming County, heart and soul, trying to reach into the minds of the residents, the people who work, the people who play in Wyoming County to find out what they think about the area, the things that they love, and the things that they think that can be improved upon. And what does the heart and soul portion mean to you, Deb? To me, heart and soul means that, right, it's not just the day-to-day. It is why you love where you live or work or play. Um, It is the heart of the people you interact with. 
in each small community. It's sometimes the history and the culture. And when we look at Wyoming County, as you mentioned earlier, we see that as a kaleidoscope, right? Mm -hmm. Each community has their own special piece, their own special people. Um, But when you bring them together, it's just a beautiful vision. And it's, uh, you know, we do are blessed with a, a great area. We have the mountains. We have that wonderful bridge. We have great architecture. We have old homes. We have parks and we have the river and lakes. And there's just so much to offer. But what next? What do we do next? And is this what you're trying to figure out? You're, are you trying to come up with a project that could be brought, uh, that could come together as a community? Uh, to be done to offer more to the residents and the people who work there and like to come and play? Or is that what you're looking for? Yes. So this heart and soul approach is unique, right? A unique way to approach community planning and development by increasing participation and engaging residents to help shape the future of our community um, while still upholding the special character right, that exists already as, as you've pointed out so beautifully. Um, from these focus areas that we determine, and I'll tell you, Nikki, in speaking with 700 people, right, what I've heard that people love is the nature, the rural environment, the people, the events that we have, the history, the culture. So we find these focus areas and from there, we find ways to act upon that. Um, And it may be one project. It may be many projects. Heart and Soul has three main principles. One is to involve everyone, which we're working on right now. As I've mentioned repeatedly, focus on what matters most. And the final is to play the long game, right? Although this is a two-year process right now, this Results. These results should inform what is happening in Wyoming County down the road for a long time. Uh, and it really sounds like to get the opinions and thoughts, because a lot of times things happen and people are like, why they do that? Like that must have been, that was their pet project. <laughs> and I don't agree that now your voice gets to be heard. So if I want my voice to be heard, How do I get in touch with you so I know you don't miss me? So that's a great question. We are currently looking for community connectors, right? We want to be sure we are reaching each unheard area in this process. So community connectors can help us get to different, not just geographic communities, but communities within our larger county so that we can speak with them. Perhaps it's seniors, perhaps it's the addiction community, perhaps it's children, right? So Are you talking about doing this something like a census where they go door to door or where like I saw you out at the Nicholson Bridge Day with a booth? So after we've finished up, right, our booth on our on our geographic spots and piggybacking onto these events, now we shift into visiting, um, whether we go to visit a senior center and talk with the residents who live there, whether we connect with our local schools to find out what matters most to our youth and our young adults and what keeps them here. Connecting with these communities is our next focus. 
Okay. So so it's, it's a matter of trying to get one-on-one with some people who may not have been out at some of these events to get, to yes. get these questions answered. Are you going to follow up on the questions as well? We are talking about Wyoming County Heart and Soul. Uh, it's a two-year initiative that I, I like the way this is phrased here. Story-based community planning, which appreciates the voice of each individual. Wyoming County is a great place to live, work, and play to make it even better. We want to hear from everyone. What are your thoughts? And that's just amazing. They want to reach out to the entire community, people who live, work, and play in Wyoming County to give their opinions. What do you like most about this area? Where can we see improvements? Are they any other types of questions on that questionnaire, Debbie? Yes, um, just something about what you hope the next generation will know and love about our county, right? Mm. Over 130 people, Nikki, have offered to share their story with us. So out of these 700 people we've spoken with, we'll now sit down with these individually in either small groups or one-on-one and hear their story about Wyoming County, whether it's living here, working here, or visiting. And in this, to be involved in this, you're not going to be, you know, paying to be involved, right? You just say, I want to give my opinion and I want to make sure my opinion's heard. So you have 130 people who want to share their stories, who want to tell you uh, what they feel about the county. And that's only out of 700. So once you tackle the rest of the 30,000 people, I can't even imagine. Uh, do, you, do you know what kind of answers you're getting so far about what people uh, want their children to know about the area? Oh, they really want to maintain that sense of rural community and neighbors, uh, the beauty of the environment and nature, um, knowing agriculture, mm-hmm. uh, having freedom and safety, and knowing the values and traditions that that they've learned, right? Passing right. that along. Right. Amazing. Yes, the agriculture up there, too, the farmer's markets that we have, the, the farms, the, the working farms. Uh, just I know in one area of Wyoming County, there's a farm that you can visit year round um, where they are always selling fruits and vegetables uh, to the, for that season. But like we do have so much to offer in that area. But this is an initiative that it would be nice to see other communities adopt and really reach out to the people who live there, who operate there, have to you know do business there, uh, people who love visiting there, to get their input to say, hey, you know, I saw this work in a town all the way out in the middle of, uh, let's say, Utah one time. And what if we tried it here? You know, maybe, maybe there is, maybe there are ideas out there that we're just not sharing. And Heart and Soul is uh, countrywide. And the Pennsylvania Humanities Council has ongoing grant opportunities. So if you think this is something great for your community, apply. Okay, and how do they find out more now, Deb, about Wyoming County Heart and Soul? What do they need to do? So if you would like to look online, you can find us at wyomingcountyproud.com. We are also on Facebook, Wyoming County Heart and Soul. And if you'd like to connect directly, you can email Sylvia 
at wyccc.com. Okay, so there's many ways to reach out. Now, do you actually have an office that you're operating out of, or you are teamed up with the Chamber of Commerce on this? How is, how is this we working? We are. The Wyoming County is the grantee, but the project is being managed by the Wyoming County Community Alliance, who shares space with the Chamber of Commerce. Oh, okay. Um, our volunteer team has Wyoming County commissioners, the planning department, executive directors from the Chamber of Commerce, the Dietrich Theater, the Endless Mountains Heritage Region, the Endless Mountains Visitors Bureau, um, and then representatives from our local communities, from service organizations, from businesses. So we are always accepting volunteers, um, currently looking for volunteers to be story listeners. But uh, volunteers on our team, anyone and everyone is welcome. Okay, so again, it's wyomingcountyproud.org, correct? Or you can find Wyoming County Heart and Soul on Facebook. And did you say that there was a phone number that they could call? Or Yes, you can, okay. you can reach at 836 Ask for Sylvia. 570-836-7755. That is the phone number. Thank you for telling us about this. I really appreciate it very much. Thank you so much, Nikki. It's lovely to speak with you. Thank you for taking the time today. Bye-bye. Thanks once again to Odyssey's Nikki Stone for bringing us her interview with Debbie Shirtliff. She is with Wyoming County Heart and Soul. You can find out more by visiting their Facebook page or their website, wycopa.org. You can also send them an email to sylvia at wyccc.com. Now, I hope you'll stay with me. Coming up next, we're going to talk flu shots. It's that time of the year. And if you missed it, or maybe you'd like to see it again, Death Trap. Welcome back to Special Special Edition. Edition. Here we are in October. Season's changing. And of course, that means it's flu season. And Dawn Webster, Advanced Practice Clinician Director with MedExpress, hit it right on the head when she called it having the flu in a COVID world. Well, it is time for a flu shot and Dawn is here to talk about it. Dawn, welcome. Always nice to have you. I I have to, I'll give you credit for it. You nailed it when you said flu in a COVID world. How about that? It's that season. What do we do? Well, it's tough. So when you're sick, they're going to test you for both right now. If you go get checked. Um, They're both contagious. They're both viruses that affect the respiratory symptoms. And unfortunately, they have a ton of similar symptoms. So it truly is almost impossible to tell them apart just by, you know, talking to someone who's ill. Um, The symptoms that are similar are fevers and chills, coughs, shortness of breath, sore throats, runny, stuffy noses, congestion, um, muscle pain, body aches fatigue, headache, and sometimes even vomiting and diarrhea. Um, Really, the only symptom that kind of differentiates them is with COVID, you have more of a loss of taste or smell, although we're not seeing that very often anymore with the new variants. Now you've not only 
compared things like that to the flu, to COVID, but also I've heard so many people talk about allergies as well. So there's really a lot of things that that have the same symptoms as other things. So what do you do? I mean, you can't run every day and get tested for all of these different things. So is there anything that someone who starts getting those symptoms might be able to say, all right, it's, I, I don't even know, Don. I'm just going to leave this one up to you. So it's tough. It really is, especially with the kids in school. So right now, the guidance for kids in school is if they do have mild cold symptoms and they're wearing a mask, they can be in school as long as they don't have a fever or as long as they don't have more than three of the symptoms. So the nurses and school um, teachers are being very diligent about watching them. So if your child has a runny nose, they can go to school. If they have a runny nose and a cough and a fever, they want them to stay home. But as a working adult, if you have to go to work, I'm going to give you pretty much the same guidelines. If you have a runny nose, you feel congested. You don't have a fever. You don't have aches. You don't have those other symptoms. You can most likely go to work. I would say to try to work from home if you can. Always better safe. Um, but if you can't work from home, if you do have to go in, make sure you are washing your hands often, cleaning your workspace, wiping off any type of surface that you may be using that may be a community service, like in, in surface, like in the kitchen. Um, and that, you know, just be as cautious as you can, just like we do every year with the flu and with, you know, other viruses. But to be honest, it is tough. And a lot of times the kids are being sent home from school and they want them to go get tested. And it's even tough to find a place to do the testing now because everyone is so busy trying to get the test. So if you do need to get tested, I would definitely recommend calling around, seeing where you can get it done before just showing up to a place because you would hate to drive somewhere and then either be out of them or not have any appointments left. Well, the other, really, oh, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, if you're ever uncertain, call your doctor, call your pediatrician, tell them what symptoms you're having and see what they recommend. All right. Now, of course, it is flu season and pre-COVID, everyone would say, are you getting a flu shot? Are you getting a flu shot? So now you have more people who may or may not be getting a flu shot and Talk about that, if you will, Dawn, a little bit, because I know, you know, people are now starting to get more concerned. Is there uh, more of a, I don't like to use the word, but risk of a flu shot, having a COVID shot? Now we're talking about getting boosters. And so now where do we go with all this? Sure. I think the easiest way to look at it is to keep them completely separate. So even if you are vaccinated for COVID-19, if you're not vaccinated for COVID-19, the flu shot is completely different. So the COVID-19 vaccine doesn't give you any protection from flu. The only way to reduce the risk of the flu, the seasonal flu, is to get the flu shot. And, And it's a yearly shot because it changes every year, unfortunately. So every year they look at um, the different strains of the flu virus 
they they do some predictions and they really hope for the best. Now, there's some years they, they do a great job. And if you get the flu shot, you're very unlikely to get the flu. But there's some years that unfortunately, it's just it's not a great match. But even in those years, all the studies have shown that if you get the flu shot and you still get the flu, your symptoms are less severe than not getting the flu shot at all. So even if you have or have not gotten the COVID vaccine, the shot's completely different. And if you are at a higher risk for flu complications and people at a higher risk are elderly people, pregnant people or people with any type of underlying medical condition um, and infants and children, those are the people they really recommend getting the flu shot every single year. Is there a difference in where you get the flu shot? Because again, there are many pharmacies that are offering flu shots and uh, some people a long time ago would never even think to go there only to a doctor's office. So is there a difference? No, there's not a difference. Um, so pharmacists are trained to give um, vaccines now, and they carry them. Um, and your insurance may have a recommendation. They may prefer you go to one place over another. But really, you can go to any pharmacy or medical facility to get a flu shot. Okay. And when we're also talking about all the differences, what about those side effects? Because, again, there were some people that would say, I got the flu shot, I got the flu. Sure. So not anymore, but in the past, they used to give people flu shots that were actually intranasal sprays. And those were live viruses, very weakened, but live. And those ones actually could give you flu-like symptoms because they were essentially giving you a very mild version of the flu for your body to fight off and create its own antibodies. They don't use that one anymore. So the vaccine that they give you now is not a live virus. So the side effects that you may have are some pain or redness or swelling um, in your arm, you know, where they gave you the vaccine, or you may have some mild aches or even some cold symptoms. And that's essentially just because your immune system is ramping up just because it detected it typically only last for a day or two. And unfortunately, a lot of people that think they get the flu from the flu shot actually probably, unfortunately, got some type of other virus and coincidentally got it, you know, within a couple of days of getting the flu shot. But the flu shot itself is not a live virus, so it cannot give you the flu. All right. Wrap it up for us, Dawn. Give us all of the details. And, oh, I, there's there's always so much that there's but no matter which way we turn. So straighten us out and we'll get our flu shots. All right. So, you know, the biggest thing to keep in mind is for anyone who is at a higher risk of complications of the flu, the flu vaccine will help reduce you know, the burden of flu illnesses on the hospitals, the hospitalizations, and the deaths in the healthcare system. But in addition to getting vaccinated, the general safety tips to reduce your risk of catching the flu would be, again, always washing your hands with soap and water as much as you can. Um, if soap and water is not available, to use the alcohol-based hand sanitizer. If you are sick or have anyone in your family that's sick, try to avoid close contact with them. Avoid touching eyes, nose, and mouth. That's how we spread germs. Always cover your nose and mouth with a tissue when you're coughing or sneezing. And then 
make sure you're cleaning and disinfecting your surfaces. Good advice. Thanks as always, Dawn. Coming up next, we're going to hear from Casey Thomas. He is the director of the first show of the 40th season at Actors Circle at the Providence Playhouse in Scranton. Death Trap. If you missed it last weekend or maybe you'd like to see it again, Casey has details. The second show of their 40th season coming in November, Four Weddings and an Elvis. Casey, it's nice to know that everybody's getting back on the boards and you are bringing a show right ready to go. And it's in because there's a big celebration going on. Tell us about Death Trap. Death Trap. Oh, goodness. It was offered to me to direct almost eight years ago or so. The actor reached out to direct this behemoth of a show. And uh, I was getting started to do that in the rights. Uh, were pulled from us. I don't know if they were making a film or they brought it back to stage because it's one of the longest running plays of all time, but we couldn't do it back then. So I had done a different production. When they contacted me this year for their 40th season, they asked me, would you like to return to Death Trap? I actually grew fond of the show back when I was supposed to do it. And I said, sure, why not? For a lot of people who may not know it, give us just a little bit of a synopsis of what the show is all about. That trap is one of, it's a tried and true classic by the man who did Ira Levin, who did Sleuth. He's known for twisty, turny storylines and, and, and plot developments and characters. So I can't say too much without giving it away, but I've updated it. It's uh, so quintessentially 70s. The movie starring Michael Caine and Diane Cannon and Christopher Reeves. It's, uh, it's a young couple who live out uh, in the Connecticut suburbs and uh, to a playwright who is sort of a fading star. And then a young playwright sends him a juicy, perfect commercial hit. And uh, the question is, would he kill to uh, get that and uh, put his name on it, take ownership of it, and resurrect himself from the, the career that has gone down the, down the drain? And, I, and then chaos ensues. But it, in grand style of the, um, the 70s, it's full of some really fun twists and turns. And we've added our own itself. It's a play within a play within a play. And it, we sort of play with that uh, aspect of it. and. The cast is brilliant, and they've been having a lot of fun, and it's it's coming along quite nice. So you also have a lot of not the not your cast particularly, but there are quirky characters that are in the show oh, as well. There's Helga Tandor, who is the Dutch psychic, who just happens to be in the next door. It's very melodramatic. It's leaned into for that, like the the writer knew what he was doing. And within the play, within the play, they're talking about that fifth comedic character. And the actress <laughs> who plays her, Jenny Frey Abdallah, is phenomenal and just milks it all for every every bit it's got. And there is the lawyer. So there are two quirky fourth and fifth characters. I mean, there, there's no one person. The show stands on the shoulders of Joe Palumbo, who plays Sydney, the older playwright. But for sure, everybody brings... A lot. You better get the rest of the cast names in there too, just so they can get a shout out oh, as well. Yeah. Well, we have we have Joe Palumbo, we have Eric Lutz playing Clifford, Scott Rave is playing our lo- our lawyer Porter, Kelly Ann Walsh as Myra, and again Jennifer Frey Abdallah as Helga Tandor. And there's and a I typewriter. That is our. Yeah, there are. Two, there are. Yeah, the Smith Corona. Yes, thank you. The Smith Corona. Is important. Can't and we forget found about one. that. That's what it is. Doing a show like this that has that many details, it's like, who has a Smith Corona typewriter? Who has this sort of thing? And it was, it's all magically sort of come together. And it's going to be a wild, a wild night of theater for people who are ready to get back out and come and see things. And I'm, I'm actually really excited. You know, at this point, you're normally a little nervous or trepidatious. Yes. I'm not. 
I'm not. Even if the lights all failed and <laughs> we had to do the show, the cast is still that good where it would be. It would be well worth the price of admission for sure. I'm sure everybody. I know I'm looking forward to it because I absolutely adore the show. I played Myra many years ago. You can give us when it's going to be happening, where it's going to be happening, because everybody wants to make sure that they can get there and get their tickets early. It's Actor Circle, Providence Playhouse. Facebook or, or online, you could certainly find their address and telephone number to call and make reservations with the 7th, 8th, and 9th. And the 10th would be the 2 p.m. Mat- matinee. It, this isn't your first go around with directing, though, right, Casey? No, I'm a sucker for punishment, apparently. <laughs> uh, so about, I don't know, five, six, seven, I'm not, I've sort of lost count, but yeah, I definitely, once a year, I like to do something, especially locally. Definitely fallen into directing almost as much as acting. It's not, nope, it hasn't quite evened out, but uh, for always an actor, first and foremost, but uh, directing is something that is uh, it's becoming more and more of a, of a passion, so. And I'm sure Actor Circle has many more things that are coming up for their big 40th anniversary. Congratulations oh, to they everyone yeah, there. They have, they're doing a great job. I mean, even to be open for that long and, and to have established the audience that they have, they have many followers and supporters. And the whole board, of, and especially Kathy Ristrouch, my producer, and Jeff Ginsburg, they're just my second family, so. Well, congratulations to everyone. Looking forward to Death Trap. Casey, Maybe you should take a nap. I, I'm looking forward to it. As soon as that day comes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow that advice. I'm going to take two of them. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.